welcome to the struggle in victory. You are here, my friends, because you are striving to hear stories of people overcoming challenges in their life, pushing themselves to new heights beyond anything they thought possible, beyond anything their friends or family thought possible. Sit back, enjoy the stories, and see what you can make of your life. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of Struggle and Victory. Today I am joined by the voice of Iron Man, Mike Riley. Mike has traveled all over the world calling races from the full Ironman distance to the half. He's called even road races to marathons. This guy has seen a lot of people do a lot of amazing things. He's also released an audio and a hard copy book called Finding My Voice, which recaps his adventures with Iron Man. I'm honored to sit down with him and ask him some questions, not only about Ironmans, but also just life in general. So Mike, thank you for joining me today. Hey, Mark, thank you for having me. And it's too bad that we always have to struggle in victory. Why can't they all be easy? <laughs> if it was easy, everyone would do it, right? I know, I know. So for those of who don't know a little bit about you, how'd you get your start into athletics, whether it's you know triathlons to running, to then that quick, that transition over into being a race announcer? Well, uh, you know, being in San Diego in the late seventies and running a lot, and then being introduced to triathlon, you know, down at Fiesta Island with Scott Tinley and Jeff Tinley. And, and uh, we do something like every Wednesday night and swim bike run just seemed so cool to do. And, and uh, so I loved it. So I competed a lot, ran more than anything else, and then started getting on a bike even more. And, and uh, it just came to fruition, you, you know, you, when you feel good about something, you, you keep doing it. Sometimes if it's bad for you, you keep doing it, but this was good for you, you know, and it was a great passion, a great addiction. And uh, uh, then one day somebody asked me to get on a microphone because they liked my voice. And they said, why don't you call the people in? And I said, it was a 10K running race. I go, uh, I'm entered in it. What do you mean? But uh, then the next time I was at a race and I had a bad hamstring, so I couldn't run. So they put the microphone in my hand and it just kind of went from there. <laughs> okay. So obviously with the races you've called and people, I know you talk about it in the book, but you know, preparing your voice, especially for, you know, the full Ironman distance where people are out there for 14, 15, 16, up to that 17 hour cutoff. What do you do to prepare your voice to be able to stay healthy and energized from hour one to that final hour on race day? Well, prior to the event, there's really not preparation you can do. You know, if people say, do you not talk three or four days before the event? I tell them I'm Irish. I cannot not talk. Okay. So when I get to the event though, I don't scream and yell. I, I, I make sure the, the microphone and the speaker system do the work for me. You know, if it's good, then I project over that. But the, the thing where you can't last because this event's, you know, I know it's going to be 17 hours. I can't tax my voice. It's like running that race and it's a, say it's a 13 mile race and you go as hard as you can for the first three miles. Well, we all know what's going to happen. And it's the same thing with turning on that microphone and starting to talk. You, you go in the lower tones, you, you speak to everybody. And even when you're excited, you don't try to scream and yell and i think that's what keeps me able to keep my voice even though it could get raspy towards the end of the day and you know it's obviously it's a lot of work 
I've knock on wood, I've never lost it at an event where I couldn't speak anymore. It's like I almost will myself for that not to happen. Yeah, and I know that you talk about you want to make each uh, call for the athletes as they come across the line unique and individual for them. And, you know, you want to have that same energy for the first place finisher as much as that last place finisher. Why do you think so many people from all walks of life are drawn to triathlons and specifically the Ironman races that are put on? I think people in life, if they've succeeded at something, they, they want more. And, uh, Sometimes people have to set that big goal in their lives, lives to keep going, to keep moving forward. And, you know, that happens with many goals. So in the case of triathlon, you know, they maybe have gone out and gotten off the couch and walked around the block. Next thing you know, they see about this 5K race. So they go walk it with their friends. And the next time, hey, I saw a lot of people running. I think I'll run it. So it's a progression thing. And then you know, a lot of people have told me they've done the half marathon, they've done marathons, and they started looking into swim, bike, and run. And I think what people find out when they do all three of those disciplines, they don't get hurt as often as when you're just running or you're just cycling or you're just swimming. It kind of takes that body through that motion of being very well balanced. And people at first thought, wow, how can I do all three of those things and train that hard when they found out it made them even stronger than just doing one discipline. And I think the aura of Ironman is out there. People have, I know people have gotten hit by a car and they're laying in their bed and the doctors say, I don't know if you're gonna be able to run a race ever again. And they'll come right, I'm gonna do an Ironman. So they, they put that big goal in front of them, even though People, you know, doctors could be laughing on the inside, go, that's not going to happen. Or even their family may say that's not going to happen. But I think when people set that huge goal in their lives, it helps them continue through life. Uh, and that's why, you know, going through this COVID, so many more people are working out that didn't before because it helps them cope. But it also makes them a stronger human mentally and physically. And I think that's what triathlon does for people. It just makes you so much stronger mentally and physically so that's for the athletes who participate in the sport of triathlons and specifically these ironman races what lessons have you taken from calling all these races all from the years past what lessons have crossed over into other aspects of your life oh my gosh you know when you find out early you've got control over one thing and one thing only your attitude that's really in your life, what you have the most control over. You don't control your spouse or your partner or your kids. The word control is not a, not a good word to use, which, you know, when it comes to somebody else, you don't wanna be controlled or control somebody, but you wanna control your attitude because it's the only thing you can make a difference with and it's everything to you. So if you control your attitude and keep it positive, good things are gonna come your way. That's what I learned when I see people that are doing these Ironman races, they don't make excuses. They don't blame it on somebody else. They know in order to get to the finish line, they have to do it. Someone else isn't gonna carry them across. So you become this stronger, independent person. And I see people who are, you know, I, I can say, I know a mother of five who is battling breast cancer and 
they, they told her she started going through chemo. What she started doing was training. She was a traffic training even more. And two years after she was diagnosed, she did an Ironman and she's still with us today. And she says that that saved her life. So I believe it because I saw it. It's not like somebody's telling me a story and I go, I don't know about that. I, I have the unique opportunity and the honor to witness it. So that's what it's taught me. It's taught me to never give up and to know you're really the cause of your own experience. Awesome. Yeah. So many people I think will falter where, you know, bad situations come across their life, whether it's something that they were in control of or things that they weren't in control. Like you said, somebody getting hit by a car, you can't always control what happens to you. But like you said the attitude is the key component to anything we do in life. It's absolutely. You know, Matt Long in my book, The New York City Firefighter, during the bus strike back in the day in New York, was riding his bike to the fire station at 5 a.m. for his 6 a.m. shift. And a bus ran him over, ended up on top of him. Took him, people, 45 minutes to pull him out. If you read his story and see how many bones were broken in his body and that the seat post came up through his uh, stomach, out through his back, and he shouldn't be living. And the pain and suffering he went through for a two to three year period of time, even to learn how to walk again. But yet, what's he do? He goes out, runs the New York City Marathon, and then comes to, does Ironman Lake Placid. And this is for someone who was an accomplished athlete before. He was a 10-hour Ironman guy. He was a stud. So could you imagine the mindset where you can do anything you want, swimming, biking, running, and working out with your buddies, then all of a sudden, you can't even go to the bathroom on your own. You can't, walk, you can't even get yourself out of your own bed. And yet you were this great athlete. The mental mindset that he had, and he went through some serious bouts of depression and stuff, but he, he with the help of his family and friends, he pulled himself out of it. And he, now he's competing all the time. He's strong. He's, he's unbelievable. So it, it's not because he was someone that made a choice to get hit by a bus. He was someone that made a choice. I've got to recover from this and get back to who I used to be. And he did. Wow. Uh, that's phenomenal story. Switching gears to with triathletes and finding the balance of work, family life, friends, especially for you, how, before COVID and there was a lot less races happening, how did you find that balance within yourself? Like, like I said earlier about, you know, friends, family, because you're a husband, you're a father, you've got friends that you want to maintain relationships with. How did you balance all that pre-COVID? It's hard. It, it's always a juggling act, but I keep one thing in mind, family first, then your friends, and then my other family, which is my Ironman family, the Ohana. And when I do that, everything seems to kind of fall into place. Sure, I, you know, there's the logistics. I travel a lot and I'm gone from home. A lot of times my wife will come with me to the Ironman races and we'll bring friends and we make it a, you know, a, a little mini vacation, even though I'm working a few days during it. And so you do things to be able to juggle it. When, when athletes nowadays have two or three small little kids and they're trying to do an Ironman, it is very difficult. You've got you've to actually get it approved by the family and let them know what you're going to do. When you just throw it at them, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Then they resist it, resist it. And it's going to make your objective and goal of wanting to do that much harder. 
So it is a tough balancing act, but I think you've got to be smart about it. You've got to use common sense. Uh, I've had a lot of athletes come up to me and go, Mike, I, I, you know, I did Ironman when I was 28. I, I had, I was just getting married and I got it done. Now I'm 45. My kids are, you know, teenagers and I'm back. I'm going, oh my gosh. You know, it's, it's not like from, from 28 years old to 45, he never worked out, but he just didn't go do the big events because he had other priorities, but he's back. So it, it never leaves the system. It never goes away, uh, but you do have to juggle it and balancing it is very difficult. Yeah, I didn't even think about that to the, to the point where you just mentioned about people taking some years away from competing at the high level, whether it is the full Ironman distance or, or road races or marathons, is taking that step back to focus in on what is the top priority, like that, the individuals you talk to, like, hey, I had to take, you know, 10, 15 years off because I'm raising my family, raising kids. I think some people think it's either black or white. It's either one way or the highway. And I think what you just mentioned is, it's okay to take a time back from where you were, just make sure you don't make that the consistent thing the whole way through the rest of your life. And people have done running races or triathlons and, and stopped because of whether it's job or marriage or kids or whatever it may be. And they actually got out of shape and they, they, they lost that, they, they lost that passion of wanting to keep themselves fit. Uh, but then a lot of, so many of them come back and Mike, I was 45 pounds overweight. Look, I used to weigh, you know, 170 and I'm 210 pounds. And, and I look at him, I go, look at you now. He looks like he's, I'm back. I'm back. I lost it. I, I, I got the passion back again. So that is, that's so good to see. I mean, it's not good that somebody gains the weight or gets out of shape, but it's so good to see that they go back to their, their original being of what made them the happiest individually even as you just mentioned it now is your eyes just lit up seeing that passion of people hey i'm back does that passion fuel you to keep going in the sport of call of iron man and colonies races whether it's iron man road races or anything in between oh mark think about it i mean i get to look into their eyes when they're coming across the finish line after 140.6 miles and i i have the honor of saying their name their most prized possession and then calling them what they want to hear. And I know that they want to hear it, that they've worked so hard to get there. And I don't know everybody's backstory. I don't know what they've gone through to get to that finish line. Heck, I don't know what they went through to even get to the start line. But I do know they're happy to be there. And I want to make them happier. And I do also know that their family and friends are there live or listening online, following them and hearing that call. And it's their, it's his or her confirmation at the finish line that they did it, that they're fantastic, that they became a new person when they crossed that line. And it's the confirmation to the family that, who helped them that, that they pulled it off as a unit. It, it, so, so much goes into that call just by saying, hey, you're an Ironman, you know? hey, congratulations. It's not about congratulating someone it's about letting the world know who they are. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing acknowledging not only that they finished the Ironman distance, but also that they put in the time and hours to get to, to that starting line and then get to that finish line. That's what I'm hearing. That, that's you. You're hearing correctly. You know, I, I said it in my book. It's not about 
you know, doing the race. It's about who you became when you came through that finish line. They're, they, they're different, they're changed, they're a different person. Uh, they know through the rest of their lives, no matter what happens to them, they're always an Ironman. They can push through other things in their life. They go, what am I? What am I bitching and moaning about here with my job and stuff? I, I, I trained for nine months for this Ironman and I got it done. I can get through this. Everything else now seems kind of small in nature, even though, I mean, you know, you got to make big, big decisions in your life and everything. But when you can draw on something like that, that puts you ahead of the game. Yeah. With, with everybody, everything going on in the, in the world, whether it's you know, COVID to um, politics, everything, we had an amazing story happen in 2020. And I want to bring up Chris Nickage of individual with Down syndrome who became the first athlete with Down syndrome to complete the Ironman distance. You got the opportunity to call him across that line. I want to hear your thoughts on the, you know, not just that moment of when you called him across, but just that whole weekend interacting and seeing him out there. Well, it actually goes a little further back for me, uh, two ways further back. One, I received my college degree and taught in special education. And that was my background. Then I got into endurance and sports and got out of teaching. And then about, uh, I think it was seven weeks before the race, I interviewed Chris for Ironman. And it was one of the most precious uh, interviews I've ever had because I just know, you know, what he was all about. I was watching him train and then to go through and watch him do all the training up to the Ironman day. And morning of the race, I, I uh, saw him in transition and his dad said, hey, Chris, there's, there's Mike. And he came up and we hugged for, you know, he wouldn't let go and I wouldn't let go. And I was rubbing his head and I go, I can't wait to see at the finish line. And he, he didn't verbally respond, but you could, he was just shaking yes. You know, and, and uh, so yes, when uh, following him all day long and a couple of times while I was following him, Mark, I'm going, oh my gosh, is he gonna make it? You know, is he gonna make that 17 hour time? And that's the biggest fear on something like that. And then with about four miles to go, I, I go, he, he's gonna make it if he keeps this pace and doesn't stop, he's, he's gonna make it. And then I got a call from somebody out on the course about when they were at two miles, they go, he's looking good and he's speeding up. I go, all right. You know, I always start crying. I'm going, oh my God. And I said over the, uh, the speaker system, Chris is gonna make it. Well, there's no spectators at the finish line in Florida because of COVID, but the volunteers and all of us working the race, you know, we were there and, 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 it was, and it's about Chris. So when he came in, and I was able to call him an Ironman. Uh, he was looking up and his arms were in the air. And, and my biggest worry, you know, I'm thinking, Mike, don't mess this up. Don't, you know, this is, this is very special. They're all very special to me, but to have someone do something for the first time ever in the history of the world, in the history of our sport, a, a young man with Down syndrome to finish an Ironman never been attempted. And there he was in front of us with all his glory that, that he could do it. Now, I think the best part of the story is still yet to come where other parents throughout the world are going to go, whoa, whoa, look at, look at this. You know, Chris started in Special Olympics and he just kept working and, and he became an Ironman. So anything is possible with, with, you know, men and women, boys and girls with Down syndrome. 
because Chris proved it, prove itself. It's not because we're telling them you can do this. It's because they see an example. So it was uh, a very special call. And I, I, Mark, I can't believe how many calls I got after I got home. Riley, I just saw you and heard you on World News Tonight. I just heard you on ESPN. You were on ABC News. And I go, what? And because they were playing it everywhere. And I didn't know, you know, I didn't know that was going to happen. And, and uh, but it was very special. I was honored to be able to be there. Yeah, you, you kind of actually stole into my next question of what impact do you see this happening in not just maybe the triathlon world, but, you know, other sports too. Obviously, you know, Down syndrome is a very specific thing, but do you see that with people with other challenges gravitating towards endurance sports or other sports? Oh, I, I think, you know, it can never, if, if, you, if you start improving your physical being and your mental being, you don't go backwards. It can't happen. There's, there's the, the door and the gate is in front of you, not behind you. So no matter what someone is dealing with in their life, Down syndrome, you know, the loss of legs because they fought for our country, but they, they still can do whatever they want to do. And Chris proved that to another faction of the world that never thought that possible. When I was talking to uh, Chris's dad, Nick, and about it all I could just tell from his attitude he always knew that Chris he was going to let him do whatever he wanted to do and show him the world that you could do this you could do that now because of his example as a parent I certainly hope other parents like him go okay well, I, I need to open up the world a little bit more it's my job to do that for my son or daughter and so I think that's what's going to happen I think that's how it's going to be passed on I certainly hope and pray it is. And, and people live by example and actions and they, they, they motivate themselves with others' examples and actions. What bigger action can one have than Chris Nickich becoming an Ironman? Yeah, I, I watched that Facebook Live and just seeing him come across the line and just the atmosphere, like you said, the volunteers. Granted, it wasn't as big of a spectators as in past events. But even you could just feel that energy of everybody just was super stoked to see him cross that finish line. One thing I've noticed in when I've been watching these triathlon videos, especially the finish line is, you know, past events, you had a lot of spectators there. You do think like, hey, this crowd has something to say to you. And everybody jumps in and says, you know, you are an Ironman to that next finisher. There's something in it where, you know, emotions get touched, not at like a superficial level, but that deep level. Do you have an idea of what that could be, or is that just something we can't put into words? What do you mean when, when the, uh, like the last hour of the finish line? Or, yeah, that, that last it, hour. It really, I've tried to put it into words and tell people about it. I, matter of fact, I'm thinking of uh, friends of ours here in our neighborhood. They went to Kona years back with, with us. And he, he's been around me for, they both have been 20 some years prior to that Kona. And I always told them about Hawaii. I told them about Ironman. They go to the race. They're at the finish line. We're walking back to the condo. Every, they stayed the whole day. And they've never been through a day like that. They were beat up. Spectators are like, oh, my gosh. So we're crawling back to the condo. And John looks at me and he goes, Riley, you didn't tell me. I, I didn't tell you. You didn't tell me it was like this. I go, what do you mean? I've been telling you. He goes, no. I had no idea it was like this. And it hit me. I go, 
no matter how much we praise and preach and try to tell the story of of the of the final hour of an Ironman, or even when that world champion comes on in, our words don't do it justice until you are in the moment of the attitude and the the, the permeation of the of the energy of the air that comes and just sucks into your soul. You you just don't can't put it into words. And so when we walked away and he's going, you never told me it was like that. I go, what are you talking about? I've been telling you for years it's like that. That's why you came. No, I didn't know it was like this. And and that's happened a few times. So yeah, I wish we could put it into words, Mark, but unless you're there and witness it, it's you can't. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that's the big disconnect between people who pursue athletic endeavors versus those who are just, you know, chilling the couch. Obviously they maybe have other obligations, other priorities, nothing wrong with that. But I think there is almost some sort of, I would offer like a required thing, like, Hey, go out to an endurance event and, and see life. Because when I notice people cheering for somebody that they don't even know, and they get super excited when that person crosses the finish line, I, I haven't found a feeling that that beats that. There really isn't. And I, I love, you know, I'm a baseball guy. My son played minor league baseball. You know, I've been around this sport and I love this sport. You know, if a guy leads the league in home runs, it's, it's unbelievable. It's fantastic. What a talent. But I have 2,500 talents like that coming through the finish line at every race. And when I tell people that and others, they go, what? I go, I'm telling you, everybody that comes across that line just hit the game-winning home run, you scored the game-winning soccer goal or hockey goal or Wimbledon. They, each of them are accomplishing that. And they're just people from, you know, normal people, quote unquote, from all walks of life. Yet in my book, they are all champions of the highest degree. They're, they're all, you know, I'm, I'm, they're all my Michael Jordans coming through that finish line. And I've, I've talked to the Heinz Wards and, you know, Sean Aston, great actors, and, and they're, they, they're almost reduced to like, oh my gosh, I had, this is, I, I'm in a great profession, I'm in a great sport, I've done things, I've won a Super Bowl, yet when I come to Ironman, uh, it just humbles me, I, I had no idea, you know, and somebody could finish in 11 and a half hours and the person that comes in behind them is, is a father of six. You know, and they go, what, what, how could that happen? So it, it is uh, a very special place. And, and everybody in my book that comes to that finish line is a world champion. It's a great approach. I wanted to ask your question on the future of Ironman going forward in 2021. Do you see more races hopefully coming back in? Maybe some like race caps on number of entrants or some things going virtual, cancellations, Any anything you can speak of going forward for 2021? I, I don't, you know, I don't know because I'm not in those meetings with Ironman. And, you know, it's not part of my role. Uh, all I do is like all the other age groupers is hope and pray that we have as many events as possible as many safe events as possible, that we come around the corner on this COVID thing. Obviously that there's a vaccine like everybody wishes and that we get back to it. When I was down at Ironman Florida, I knew it was gonna be different. And you know, to be very honest, I was apprehensive about going. You know, here I am, I, I hadn't been on a plane since I came home from Ironman New Zealand in March. So everything was just starting. I had no idea what was going on until I got back to the US and yet, 
eight months later, I'm on a plane going, oh my gosh, what am I doing? You know, is this going to be safe? I've got my kids, two little grandkids, my wife, you know, so, but I made the commitment and went. And when we got there, it was, Ironman did an unbelievable job of, of safe racing. And, and the athletes did an incredible job of being self-reliant, of knowing what they had to do uh, to make sure each other are safe. We're a family in this thing. So it was different, but you know what? It was still swim, bike and run. Once we shot off that starter's cannon and that race began, I go, all right, here we go. Sure, I didn't have a lot of spectators at the start or at a hot corner. We didn't even have a hot corner or at the finish line. But I resigned myself to the fact, you know what? It's about the athletes anyway. So I'm going to give them everything they deserve every time I see them on the microphone. And that's what we did. Do I want it to be different in 2020? Sure, I'd love to have spectators coming to the race and family and friends being there for their loved ones and, and cheering, like you say, Mark, for people they don't even know. I mean, that's the greatest thing there is. So that's what I hope. I hope we can get back sometime during the year to, I don't know if we'll ever get back to the way it was before, but I hope we get back to where more people can be with us on site to uh, watch and be a part of the race. Okay. I, I love the optimism. I, and like you, I hope two races will come back, whether it's, you know, Ironmans to road races, cross country races, or any of just sports in general. I think there is that need of people seeing that struggle of competing with not only yourself, competing against others, but the idea to improve yourself. Yeah. And I haven't missed Ironman New Zealand in like, I don't know, 20, 21 years. And that race is always the first one of the year. It's like March 6th. It's the first weekend of March. And I just emailed the race director. I go, hey, I still have it on my schedule. He goes, I know we still want you to come, but we just have to wait. And I go, oh my gosh, I hope I can go. But you know, the border there may still be closed. You know, things are not in our control with that. But I'm looking at it like I'm gonna go because I need that. Personally, I need that, Mark. I need to have that look forward to event. My next one is March. And you know, it's it's, I just hope I can go. If that doesn't happen, my next one, I think, is Oceanside. All right, here we go. Let's get those. So I, like everybody else, just looks forward to the next event and just hope and pray it happens. Okay. In terms of, I know we talked a little bit about the preparation where, you know, you didn't say, oh, I, you know, I don't talk for three or four days leading up to the races. But you do talk about getting someone's name right. I, I know in the book, you touched a little bit about the preparation. Talk about what you do to prepare in terms of getting people's names right. Because you got people from all over the world. Obviously, you've gone to New Zealand. You've gone to European nations for races. What do you do to get those names right and, and, and honor them? Well, I, I read through the bios. And if I see a name, I'll try to pronounce it two or three times. I, I always look at the origin. Is it a German name? Is it a Polish name? Is it a uh, Midwestern name, which is, could be different than a New Yorker? Is it a Italian name? And I go, okay, that's Italian. That's how that would be pronounced at the end. And if I'm absolutely not sure, I will email the athlete. I go, hey, send it back to me phonetically. Sometimes I'm spot on and sometimes I go, what? You pronounce it that way? So I, I, a lot of people would have gotten it wrong if they hadn't asked. And sometimes I still mispronounce a name, but it just, I, I know I'm getting at least 98% of them correct. That's, that's 98, hopefully 99. 
but I always tell people, I go, hey, even though I may mispronounce your name or where you're from, it's the thought that counts. And I won't mispronounce those four words after your name. I guarantee you that. <laughs> they all go, oh, yeah, okay, that's cool, that's cool. <laughs> I've been uh, in some of the in some stories of the book you mentioned where people asked you to say the those four words to them at the airport or you know maybe shopping store like hey you, you missed me here you missed me there they're like all right might make it up to you right now yeah that that's pretty special I mean if you ask me right now can you say it and yell it out I won't do it because I I honor it it should be done for a reason not just for somebody to hear it so if somebody stops me at an airport which I, I swear to God, it's happened a thousand times. And, and, or they say they didn't hear it, or the wife says she didn't hear it, or whatever, and the kids are there. Sure, I'll lay it on them. I, I, make, I make tons of phone calls every month to people after uh, Florida. I, I only had three. I, I, I found that I had three people go, the microphone, and one time the microphone glitched. We didn't know what it was, the power surge. But I said it to the person, but it didn't come out. And I didn't know it didn't come out of the microphone because I hear myself, I don't always hear. And sure as shooting that person, the microphone went bad when I came through. And so they always say, will I do a recording? And I go, give me your phone number. And they send it and I call them right away. I go, hey, Jimmy, what's up? Oh my God, is this Mike Riley? You know, and then, and then I talk a while to them and then give it to them. And uh, it, it, to be able to do that and make somebody's day for them. I mean, you know, one of the best things we can do in life is to help make somebody else happy. I mean, that only fulfills me. That's why people go, how do you, how do you keep doing that person after person? I go, well, I'm getting a lot back from it. It gives me energy and it keeps me going. And sometimes I'll look at my watch or the clock and go, oh my God, we only got an hour and a half to go. Are you kidding me? I mean, it just seems like it flew by. I, the, the tougher ones are when there's less people in the race and we could be six, seven at night. Somebody comes in and somebody doesn't come for like two, three minutes. I'm sitting there going, what the, what the heck? Let's go here. We're, anybody see the next one? There he is. You know, so. <laughs> come on, let's go. So yeah, it's almost like you're seeking out that next adrenaline high of like, hey, I want to, you know, rise up these people, rise up myself to send that energy to acknowledge this person completing the task, whether it's that 70.3, the full Ironman distance or anything else in between. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, awesome. Before I ask my final question, where can these guys find you and anything you would love to promote at this time? Well, my website's mikereilly.net. And you can send me an email through the website, but the email goes to Mike at MikeRiley.net. So I answer all my emails, requests, the whole deal. Uh, and and uh, people send me their story of what they've overcome. So anytime you want to write me, you know, there's a section in my, on my website, what is your story? And I, I want to hear it. I want to hear what you've done, what you've overcome, what you're going to do. Because if somebody writes to me about, oh, woe is me, this happened to me, this happened to me, this happened to me. Then they kind of stop, I go, I go back, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where are you going? What have you learned? What's in front of you? What goal do you have? Like I said, we're looking through the front door, not the back door. So that's why I love people telling me their stories going from beginning to, and now this is what I'm doing to survive. And you know, whether people are going through 
mental struggles, whether they're going through physical struggles, whether they're going through relationship issues, or, you know, and I, I say you're the cause of your own experience. Let's, you got to figure out, you know, I'm not a Dr. Phil, but I, you got to figure out what's going on here and set some goals. And, and so I communicate pe with people that way. And I even, people will go, Mike, you know, you said this to me at Ironman Lake Placid in 2009 and it changed my life. I go, whoa, what the heck did I say? And it's something really simple. And one person that ha happened to it was in my book because we had this connection over the years. And so I, go, I got it. This is an unbelievable story. People got to hear this because it's, it's not only about somebody, uh, you know, having an unfortunate accident and coming back from it. It's when people of every walk of life all of a sudden find themselves. Why am I down in the dumps every day? What am I doing wrong? They can't even answer their own question. And so once they start figuring it all out and, and set that big goal, and I don't care if the big goal is to try to find the best job in the world or try to have a strong relationship or try to you know, have your first child or do an Ironman, but it's gotta be something that, that keeps you going out that front door. Awesome. And for the book, I know there's audio, there's the hard copy. Is there any other ways people can get their hands on your book? Yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's on barnesandnoble.com. It's on amazon.com and hardback and soft cover. Uh, but yeah, the audio book was a, you know, remember I wrote a book of 80,000 words and then uh, my son who did all my marketing and helped me with it, he goes, all right, we got to do this audio. So he found a studio here in San Diego where actually Blink-182 recorded their album. You know, it's a cool, it's just a cool studio in Claremont Mesa. And so we booked it for, uh, he asked me, how long should we book it? And I go, I don't know. I don't have no idea how long it's going to take to read this thing. I mean, I've read it how many times to myself, but when it's, when it's allowed, so I go, why don't you just book it? I don't know, a full day. Well, he called back and he goes, they can only give us one afternoon and then the next afternoon. So we went in at one o'clock. We went for uh, nine hours and I wasn't done. I, you know, I was doing downward dogs in between takes. I was, engineers were going, that didn't sound right, do it again. It was, and then went back to the studio the next day for nine more hours and uh, got it done. So it was, it was a process. It was a very challenging process. Uh, and you talk about, I think it's harder just to speak than using a big microphone system because I, I project on some things and others and my voice, I, God dang, my voice is hurting. So I'm doing honey and I'm drinking tea. And I, I'm doing 20 pushups in between each chapter. You know, I'm doing, it's, it was amazing. You should have seen me in that room. And, uh, but, I, but I got it done. So the audio book was uh, a labor of love. There's no doubt about that. Awesome. Well, on uh, behalf of uh, the countless people who've listened to audiobook, thank you for, for doing that because I know myself got a lot of value from it. So I want to say thank you for doing that. You know, the funny part, I'd be at the Ironman merchandise store signing books at a race. Someone would come up and go, Mike, thank you very much. I, I uh, bought the audiobook. And uh, here I am signing books and, you know, they're selling them. And, and I go, okay. I can't sign your audio book. I can sign this. <laughs> oh, okay. So they get the book. I sign it to them. <laughs> you know, the old sales guy and me, that's a double sale, you know, but, but then afterwards they go, Oh my God, you called me an Ironman here. I go, yeah. Now go show this to your friends. If they don't believe you, I wrote it down, you know, so. <laughs>
So send me your, if you get a book, Mark, send it to me. I'll get it. I'll get it done. <laughs> awesome. I definitely will. For my final question, what do you do each day to make each day matter to you? That is a great question. I do something uh, on a routine basis that uh, I'll share. It, it makes sure I tell my wife I love her. And it's funny, the other day, uh, yesterday I go, hey, honey, have I told you I love you today? And she goes, no. And like for the last two days, I'm going, oh my God, okay. You know how that comes back at you. So, uh, you know, you, you, you just try to keep the people that are close to you, close to you. And that's what I do. That, that's what fills me up, the family. And then obviously if I always know when I need a workout because I may be on edge or I, you know, I'm sitting in front of the computer too long or I'm writing something, I go, good. And, and it could be four o'clock. I go, I can't go on the bike now. It's gonna be dark in and out. So I get on the trainer in the garage and go kill myself for an hour and a half, you know? And afterwards I get off and go, okay, that's good. So th th those are the things I do every day just to be me. But with COVID, it was very difficult because part of me doing that every day was going to an event. And when there was nine months of nothing, uh, my wife got a little tired of me calling her saying, hey, honey, you're out of bed this morning. All right, you know, she, or somebody rides by on their bike. Hey, you're a cyclist. <laughs> and I did that to a neighbor who knows, uh, uh, you know, what I do. And he goes, oh, shut up. I can't believe you're doing that. I go, I got to do something here. I'm standing in the garage door open, you know. So, so you got to, you know. And, and the other thing that keeps me going is humor. I mean, I just love watching good comedians and good solid humor and, and listening to somebody tell me something that's funny. I go, that is so good. I got to use that one day. So, so that's, that's what keeps me going. Awesome. I, I love the answer. I love you shouting out your neighbors as they're passing by and, you know, bringing that Ironman experience into the everyday norms. People are like, what? No, like save, save that for the Ironman competitions. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yesterday, I'm leaving, driving. I'm a mile from the house at a big intersection and I'm stopped at the light. I look over to my left. There's four cyclists. First of all, I didn't get the ride yesterday. So I'm, I, no, yesterday. No, I rode yesterday. So this was Saturday morning and I see four cyclists and I know I can't ride today. So I'm jealous. I'm looking at them. There's a, a girl up front. There's two girls and two guys. And the girl had an Ironman jersey on. So I rolled down my window. They're about, you know, 30 yards from me at the intersection. And I go, you know, you let the voice loose. And I go, hey, and they look over. I go, you are an Iron Man. And all of a sudden the girl goes, yeah. And as I'm taking off, I hear a guy go, holy crap. I think that was Riley. I think that was Mike Riley <laughs> in the car. I'm laughing so loud. I'm going, I think maybe they recognize the voice, but I just had to do it just because, just because I had to do it. So, <laughs> That's so awesome. It was, it was awesome. The girl just goes, yeah, I'm an Ironman. She looked at it. And finally, the guy goes, I think that's Riley as I'm driving off. <laughs> that's cool. Awesome. So, guys, if you have not checked out the audiobook that Mike painstakingly recorded to get it out, to get it to print, to get it for people to get access to it, or even picked up the hard copy book, or even participated in a triathlon in the Ironman distance, whether it's the 70.3s, the full Ironman distance, Highly recommend you check check him out. Check out the races. If you want to have him do an audio recording specifically for you that he that he will tailor for you, he has that option as well on his website. 
overall great individual, the passion for, for the sport and just seeing people uh, overcome whatever they have in their life. That's what Mike's about. So guys, like I say with anything else, take this message, run with it and make today matter. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's episode of Struggle and Victory. If you or someone you know is interested in being a guest on this show, send me an email at mark at markthecoach.net and I look forward to hearing all sorts of stories and getting you on the schedule.